Welcome back to the Sound the Horn podcast. This is Danny. I'm here with my brothers, Riley and Ben. All right. Hey, let's just talk as we start off this week's episode of the podcast. Best thing from the last weekend. Riley, I'll start with you. We have the opening opening weekend of Major League Baseball. We have the Masters. NBA's wrapping up their season. What's your best part of this last weekend? So I, I would love to say, you know, the Dodgers coming out hot and making stuff work, but that did not happen. Um, honestly, my best thing this, this weekend was actually watching every game of the Red Sox and Yankees series. I thought that was a back and forth series. Every game was close and exciting to watch. And I'm excited to see that matchup all year because I think that's going to be an exciting one. And so I was really, really enjoying that. That was the best thing I saw this weekend. Ben, I'll hand it off to you. Well, that definitely was not the best thing that happened this weekend because the Red Sox seemed to not be able to hold the lead, which was my biggest concern about their bullpen. So I'm going to go ahead and pass on that one. But my best thing had to be Scotty Scheffler. What this kid is doing, we have we are in a golden age of golf right now. I mean, we got these quote unquote veterans by the name of Justin Thomas, Jordan Speed, Brooks Kepka, you know, quote unquote old guys. And then we got these young crew of guys coming up like Scotty Scheffler. Like the things this guy's doing right now are unreal. Like the he's the season he's having, the masters he had, the score he posted on Friday when everybody else was going positive and high and he was in the uh you know what seven under that day like i mean the things that kids do and that was some amazing stuff there at augusta national yeah i'm gonna stick with golf uh scotty scheffler was incredible but my best thing this weekend tiger woods i know he wasn't in contention on the second day but being back out there he made the cut he finished all 72 holes after you know 14 months ago we thought that guy might lose his leg we didn't think he'd ever play golf again and to be back on the course, play the masters, complete the entire tournament. I think that's the best thing that I saw the weekend over the weekend and everybody supporting him. Um, I just, I thought that was great. It definitely was not the Dodgers dropping two out of three to the Rockies. That was not my best of the weekend. So uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about the golf last week. We did our golf draft and just as a, As a reminder to everybody, uh, we were looking at who we thought was going to perform the best in the Masters. Ben, you had selected DeChambeau. Let's go. Sorry. Yeah. DeChambeau missed the cut. Then you had Scotty Scheffler, who won. Rory McIlroy, who took second place. And then Tiger, who struggled a little bit on days three and four. But you did have the winner and and the runner-up there. But he made the cut. That's what matters. Tiger did make the cut. Yeah, I I picked Xander Shoffley. I'm going to have to do a little confessional here. All right. So when I was doing my picks, I was going all Longhorns. And I'm a moron and got Xander Shoffley and Scotty Scheffler mixed up. Scotty Scheffler, Hookham, is a Longhorn. Xander Shoffley is not. Basically, (laughs) I'm dumb and I should have won. That was two podcasts that you mentioned Xander Shoffley as a horn <laughs> and then he's not like, well, whoa, whoa, and, whoa, 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 whoa. And the whole time I was talking about Scotty Shuffler, but I kept out, saying Xander I think, Shoffley. 
I think that you might have to have your Longhorn card revoked for a little while. You See, know, we're lucky my buddy Cody didn't come on the podcast today, or else he would take it from you being a resident Longhorn fan. I, See, I, I didn't even question him wrong. Because I'm like, Xander Shoffley's a good golfer. Maybe Danny's all about like he's an Danny Olympian. Knows. He's you know? a Longhorn guy. Yeah, Danny will know. I don't know. I, I'm not a Longhorn. This is, this is just yeah. like the Emancipation Proclamation. You know, it's it's for the fans or the Gettysburg Address, you know, for the fans, by the fans. You know, I mean, but here we are, a fan not knowing and trying to claim stuff. Come on. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is I was talking wow. about Scotty Scheffler the whole time. He's the one that won the match play. But then I said Xander Shoffley. Anyway, I'm dumb. So I picked Xander Shoffley, who did not make the cut. Jordan Spieth did not make the cut. Tony Finau had a was hanging in there for a little bit, but then he got he got knocked off, and then Mark Leishman um, dropped a little bit. So I was not in contention. I definitely did not win here. Riley made it interesting. Riley, you, Dustin Johnson played pretty well this tournament. Justin Thomas struggled on day one, but he really put it together at the end. And then you had John Rahm and Brooks Kepka. DJ started off hot and then he just like slowly tailored off throughout the rest of the tournament. I thought he was going to have me up there. That one kind of killed me. I kind of yeah. thought we were all looking like morons by not picking Hideki Matsuyama there for a minute. But uh, well, I, I do. Out. I have to I have to confess the one guy I was going to pick that I left out was cam smith and i feel stupid that i left him out he got I should have, it wasn't, you still should have, have gone with him you still yeah. if i, if I replace kepka with him i'm winning what do you mean yeah cam, okay but anyways cam smith so you always talk cam smith you love cam smith. i know and i should have gone with him but i just didn't trust it but overall overall scores though riley had a an 868 overall for those that made the cut i had two that missed the cut so i'm out of contention and ben had an overall um, 860 strokes from those that made the cut. So Ben's our winner. We'll do this again at the next, the next uh, major tournament, which is and the US Open. Look at this, yeah, US, US Open, Open coming up. So, and I will figure out who Scotty Scheffler is. I'm not going to re- forget this time. And then he's going to get picked before is, you can pick him. Is I can pick him in the first <laughs> draft, first pick, because this is oldest to youngest, and that draft is established. I think that needs to be reversed. Or we now can rotate it based on who finished first, second, or third. And then you go last, Danny. Yeah. No, 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 go, no, 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 no. Like go first. I go oh, first. I got you. Yeah. Right. yeah, I would yeah, go this, last. This is competitive balance here, right? Like, like we're, <laughs> we're going, we got to like bring in the contenders from those that. I, I just got to give you guys a chance because, you know. Yeah. Hey, I, I mean. Rory pulled one out towards the end. If Rory hadn't just gone off at the end, I had you. Yeah, eight under on Sunday. That that really helped me out. Let's let's say it that's, right now. Yeah, that's the eight stroke difference. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw somebody say if Rory could play golf like he does when he's not in contention at a major, you know, <laughs> all the time, he'd be the world number one. Yeah, he barely made the cut. He was four over on Friday. Right, like, he was on the cut line. Yeah. The interesting thing is he struggled in the wind on on Friday and Saturday. And I'm like, you're you're from Ireland. Or, right. You're right, like, right. That should be what you're good at. It's all links and wind courses. <laughs> Come on. Get it. Anyway. Yeah. The Masters was great. Um, congratulations, Ben. Well, I was going to say we'll give you a trophy or something, but we probably won't. We'll just find, find me it. a green jacket and I'll take that. Yeah, I can get you uh, a green wave jacket. 
<laughs> that Alan's might work finest. well enough as long as it's green. <laughs> it better be green. Oh, I got one. All right. Uh, where that's all the friendly games you go to. That's, oh, <laughs> not going to happen. So we're going to we're going to transition. We're going to jump into a little bit of sound on sound off. We have a couple things that we're going to talk about uh, moving away from the Masters. The first one being and I'm I'm watching it right now. Looks like Minnesota is up by four over the Clippers. 38 seconds to go. Looks like Minnesota is going to win the playing game. We had Brooklyn won earlier tonight uh, in, in the play in tournament and they're moving into the seventh seed. In the playoffs, looks like Minnesota is going to take the seventh seed in the West. So, for our first sound on, sound off, how do you feel about the playing tournament? Like, are you for it, against it? Just your overall thoughts, Riley. I'll let you start. Sound on for the playing tournament. I'm going sound off. The NBA playoffs are way too long, it takes so much time to get through them. We're starting on April 12th. We're not going to be done until June. It's too long. They need to simplify it. Like, I like the excitement of the one game playing, but I just think it's creating, like, you don't even have to be a good team and get to the playoffs. The Lakers almost made it into the play-in tournament, and the Lakers were a terrible team this year. So I just think it's taking away some of that competitive edge, and they need to make it simpler, cut it back down, there's too many teams in contention. Let's simplify the playoffs because it's getting to be too much to where you're losing interest, in my opinion. So I'm a big old sound off on this one. I don't understand. So when the team, when the okay, 15 years ago in the NBA, 20 years ago, there was a show called Basketball, a movie that made fun of the NBA playoffs because they lasted for eight months, right? So now we're here in the NBA and that back then there was eight teams in the playoffs and the first round was a series of five. Now we've gone first step to make the first round a series of seven. And now here we are with adding two more teams. Now there's 10 teams in each conference making the playoffs. You have a two out of three chance of making the playoffs every year. How ridiculous is it? that you that we have that many teams in the playoffs that it's totally unnecessary. Ooh, well, te- technically if they're in the playing game they don't make the playoffs according to the NBA. That's, that's Oh the, yeah, just like into the playoffs. Just like in the NCAA tournament they're actually in the tournament if they make the first four. So yes, yeah, same thing. Yes. Let's call semantics semantics and let's move on from that. Like come on. It's ridiculous, it's dumb and I think that the NBA is just going to lose people there's no reason for this yeah and if you look at it the the years that they've done this the seven and the eight seed win in the play-in tournaments and they get to the playoffs anyway so you get to the same result i think part of this is and adam silver admitted it this week the nba has a problem with stars sitting out games and stars not playing especially at the end of the year i think the play-in tournament was a way to incentivize teams playing all the way through the end of the season, but it's, it's not working and they've got to figure out a different way to get players to play. And there's just, there's gotta be a mindset shift with NBA players that you, you play games. Like you just don't sit out games, but I don't, I don't know how you fix that. I think the playing tournament was there to address some of that, but it's, it's unnecessary. It's dumb at this point. 
All right, sticking with the NBA, I'm going to move us to our next topic. And Riley, you started to bring this up. The Lakers. The Lakers are a disaster. They fired Frank Vogel this week. There's been a lot of passing the blame to its injuries. It's everything but the fact that the Lakers just weren't good, right? So as we're thinking about this, the Clippers, though, are in the play-in tournament. Looks like they'll make the playoffs. They don't have Kawhi Leonard. He's been out all year, but they seem to figure this out. So are we at a place where the Clippers have replaced the Lakers as the top basketball organization in Los Angeles? So, Ben, sound on, sound off. Are the Clippers a better organization than the Lakers right now? Uh, yes. I, I sound on. Um I don't know how you could argue anything else. The Lakers won a championship in what I, you know, affectionately have told other LA fans on a different sport was a shortened Mickey Mouse, slow pitch softball, church league basketball season. So slow pitch softball and baseball. We'll go to church league basketball for the NBA. And I think that, you know, they add one of quote unquote, the best players in the league and somehow they don't make the playoffs. They have a two and three chance of making the playoffs and they can't make the playoffs. They can't even make a play in game. You can't be one of the 10 best teams in your conference with that roster with Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. And you can't even make one of the best 10 teams in your conference. Absolutely. The Clippers are the surpassed the, better like organization and it's an embarrassment if you're an LA Lakers fan I don't know how anybody can ever make the argument that LeBron James is somehow better than Michael Jordan after this this is something that never would have happened under MJ I guess you know maybe this is my sound on or sound off podcast if you will part but this is ridiculous to even consider why are we even talking about this wait wait, how did Michael do with the Wizards again he would have made the playoffs they were close not, to making the playoffs that year. They missed the playoffs he he with the Wizards. He got hurt. He was 40 years old. He got hurt. He when he when the 55 games he played that year, they were one of the best teams in the East. And guess what he guess what happened when he got hurt? They, oh, they didn't make the playoffs. If he had played all 82 games that year, they might have been in the top 4 seeds in the East that year. Guess what LeBron James did this year? Nothing. They didn't even make the top 10. With Name one person. Name one person on the Wizards that Jordan played with that year. Name one. Kwame Brown. Kwame Brown, Ty Lue. Ty Lue. Okay, done. Good job. Those are top-level guys like Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard and quote-unquote perennial all-stars. Get out of here. Why are we even talking about this? I think you're putting it on LeBron, but in LeBron's 19th season in the NBA, he almost led the league in scoring, which is pretty ridiculous. I will say, though, like, the Lakers this year was a complete disaster. LeBron's got to take some ownership for that. He's deflected blame the entire time. That's that's on him. But I think this roster was not well constructed. And my point about the Wizards is I think that we almost forget sometimes that MJ did play for the Wizards and it was kind of a disaster when he did that as well. So just you're putting that back out there that that was not a good Wizards team. And just having MJ on the roster didn't fix everything. All right, Riley, go ahead. All right. I do not disagree. The Lakers are a train wreck this year. I said it earlier in the podcast. However, better organization 
I'm sorry. You got to go with history. You got to go with what these teams have, with what these teams have done. The Clippers have not found a way to get over the hump. They added one of the best playoff players in the NBA in Kawhi Leonard. They took Paul George, put him with him. They put together a team that should have been able to get the job done and they haven't gotten it done yet. And the <clears throat> giving it to LeBron, I'm sorry. Yes, it was a Mickey Mouse, whatever Ben wants to call it year. He got a championship with the Lakers. He's won a championship everywhere he's gone. <clears throat> I'm not a LeBron fan, but I'm telling you that the Lakers were able to put that part of the puzzle in. I think right now they're too caught up in trying to put all these superstars together when you don't need that. You have the two you got a couple of guys, they're older, they'll have that leadership, go get some young talent and put them around it. I don't think they're doing great right now, but as the better organization, as far as history goes, as far as the team that's got everything going for them, the Lakers are still in front of them. Let's live life through the windshield and not the rear view mirror. Let's stop looking at the past. Who cares how good the Lakers were when Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar were there or when Kobe was there with Shaq? We don't care. We're talking about the better organization. Have they surpassed them right now? Are they the better organization in LA? No, because they haven't won a championship. Go win a championship and then you can surpass them. But, but the in, Lakers until didn't you make get, the playoffs until with you get over the hump. talent. That's got to go along with general manager it, and ownership it does. and a million other things, coaching. And guess what? The Clippers have some of that. Now, if they had LeBron James, they'd be terrible too because it's LeBron. But give me some Anthony Davis. Give me something else. Guess what? The Clippers are better. The Clippers are the better organization. They're a at better this team moment. right now. Live in the windshield. I'm not. Stop I'm looking behind you. In order to get to that level, you've Nobody got to prove what that you, you can get did. it done. Let me know what you're about to do. And the Lakers are about to crash and burn. The Clippers just lost out of the playoffs. So in reality, they didn't make the playoffs either because they just lost the play-in game. At that point, they're at the same Thanks, sinking Adam level Silver. that the Lakers Thanks, are at. Thanks, Adam Silver. All right. Well, they the the Lake the Clippers now the way the play-in game works, the seven and the eight seeds play each other first. The winner automatically gets the seven seed. The loser gets to play the winner of the nine and 10 seed. So the Clippers still could make the playoffs because they now get the winner of the next game to be able to get to play for the eight seed. Right. But what I'm saying is they're not, I mean, they're a couple of games ahead of the Lakers right now. Who are the Lakers? As far as being a superior organization, they're not head and shoulders above anything the Lakers are doing right now. They're a who's little LeBron, better. Who's LeBron lacing them up to play they're, right now? They're a little better right now, but they are who's not LeBron them up a to better play? organization oh, because they nobody? have not gotten over that hump. Oh, that's right. They're not. That's the Clippers. Prove to me you can right get the now. job done. Prove you can get the job done. Well, the, the, the Clippers, at, at the, the current momentum of the way the teams are going right now, the Clippers will win a championship before the Lakers will. And if you look at this over the next five years, the Lakers are the oldest roster in NBA history by a long margin. Why? They sold their soul to LeBron James. They got one championship. And what did they do? They went and got all of his friends that are all past their prime. They can't figure out how to play together. There's nobody in the organization that is acting like a grown up and making decisions and saying, this is what we need to do for the betterment of the organization. And right now, if you look at it, 
the Lakers have a, an owner that is, or the Clippers, excuse me, have an owner that is highly invested in their success in Steve Ballmer. Jerry West left the Lakers. The Lakers discarded Jerry West, one of the greatest basketball players and executives of all time. He's helping the Clippers out now, right? Kawhi Leonard, if he didn't tear his, AC, his ACL last year in the playoffs, they very well could have been in the finals as they were pretty unstoppable against the Jazz. They ran into a buzzsaw in the Suns, but the, the Clippers are looking amazing. And ha- not having Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, their only two stars on the team for all for the entire season, they still outperform the Lakers. They have a head coach that knows what he's doing. They have a front office that has a plan, and they have a winning culture. The Clippers need to get over the hump. They need to exercise that demon. But if you look at well-run and they know what they're doing, the Clippers are well run and the Lakers are a disaster and hey, it's going it's to okay. take them. It's okay. five to it's 10 the years. Lakers, to recover the Lakers won a title in 2009 and a couple in the eighties. So they're the better they, organization. They well, won a title it, two Riley, years ago. Okay. But besides the last two years, the Lakers have been to the playoffs twice since 2013, two times. They won the championship in the bubble which the bubble helped them the most because it was a bunch of old guys that got to rest for three months, go out there and play while they're fresh. It helped them out. Anthony Davis can never stay healthy. So he was finally healthy when they got to the bubble. Plus they only played 12 year, games or whatever. Right. And then last year in a regular season, well, they were, they were out in the playoff first... contention when they played those 12 games, right? They were in the but playoffs were... going into the bubble already, but they were out, they were out in the first round. Right. So Two seasons, you get a bubble championship, and you're out in the first round. Other than that, this this is a disaster. And what are you going to do to get rid of Russell Westbrook? You're committed to $40 million. You can't trade him. You have to match salaries. Nobody wants him. Who wants him? Yeah, and that, that was a disaster trade, and I wasn't mad about it because, like I said, ultimately, I'm not a Lakers fan. I just think there's a ways to go before you can be called the superior organization in L.A., yeah, I, I think the Lakers, they have fallen so quickly that even the Clippers, without that history, in my mind, I'm sound on. They've surpassed the Lakers at this point. Just like that. That's yep. the Lakers. Yeah, they nosedive. So we're going we're gonna to switch gears here a little bit, move away from the NBA we're going to talk a little bit more playoffs as it continues to go along. Like Riley said, we've got, you know, another three years to talk playoffs because it's going to go on forever. So let's switch into baseball. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, one of the things that is new this year, we talked about some of the rule changes, but one of the new features that have been added to the game this year is the pitch comm, where the catchers can signal the pitches to the pitcher and the pitchers have a little speaker in their hat that tells them what pitch is being called in the location. Thoughts on this? Sound on, sound off on Pitchcom. Riley? I'm going to go sound on. It is sad that we've had to get here, but as times change and as technologies change and as people are taking advantage of those technologies in the wrong ways, let's put them to use in the right ways. Why not have this going on? I mean, it's not that far off from wristbands that catchers use that I use with my high school team to call out numbers. They still have to give a physical sign, but you see coaches doing that with base 
with base uh, running, calling signs instead of giving signs. It's happening all over the place. Why not let us incorporate this technology that's developed and run by the MLB so that then we know that things are going to go smoother. Plus the other thing that's going up that I do like to see because ultimately, like Danny said before, it is a TV show. And this is one thing that I can agree with. It's upping pace of play. It's not taking as long to get signs in. And this is something that's helping that. So I'm sound on for it. All right, Ben. I have to go sound off. I think that we worry too much about signs being stolen and, and different things, man. I just, I don't trust it. I know this has been an NFL thing for years and years, but there's been worries about that where all of a sudden the quarterback's getting game broadcast in his headset or we're somebody is randomly listening to play calls because the signals get mixed. And here we are, we're going to try to rely on this garbage technology again to make it work. I think that it's not that hard to call pitches with signals and hand signals. It's really not that hard. You know, I mean, I know we had the whole Astros thing and, and all of that, whatnot, but a lot of that was not with runners on call the pitches. I, I kind of agree. I can see how this can be a pace of play increaser, but I do worry a little bit about it being a pace of pay play decreaser. What if the pitcher says no? So now we've got to go back and he's got to go type in his little wristwatch thing about where he shakes it off. Like he does a normal sign and the pit and now catcher gives another sign type it in and then it's got it's to go one through button. the cloud and then it's got to go over here and come on dude, dude there's literally a button for the pitch and a button for location it's they're not typing it's so simple in. what if he types the wrong thing in all right here's all right I'll, give him a microphone and he can just call it. i don't know i just i don't trust it maybe i'm sounding like the old guy i know i'm 38 are, and i sound yes. a little bit like the old guy at the moment but i just i don't trust it i don't like it I'm not on your lawn, so stop yelling. Um, I, Tom, so John Smoltz was talking about this, and what I, I think Smoltz makes a good case for this, and I think one way that would make this better, give the pitcher the signal caller and let it go to the catcher. Let the pitcher call the game, right, and tell the catcher what's going on. I think that would speed up the pace of play a little bit. You just have – has it on his wrist. He just lets them know what they're putting in there. I think that would be that would be better. I'm all for this, though. How many times do we have the stupid mound meetings when there's a runner on second base? Because after two batters, you have to switch up your signs again and figure out, get on the same page about what you're doing, get the infielders back in, get them all back out there. It's taking too long. This technology, like, when I was a kid, when I was in elementary school, they were talking about the quarterbacks in the NFL having this. It shouldn't have taken this long for baseball to adapt and incorporate some of this technology. I think Ben's just upset because he knows that the Red Sox can't use Apple Watches anymore to signal pitches. So, you know, this is like, I think we're getting to a point here where this, this should happen. We have the technology to do it. Let's make it happen. All right. I'm going to take us to our next topic here. We're Dodger fans. So, well, Riley and I. Okay. A couple of us are. I like if you've watched, Yeah. If you've been following it all, Cody Bellinger. So he goes from 2019 National League MVP 
tearing up the league to last year. What he hit, let me pull this back up again 165. His OPS was a 542. And he's already at 182 this year with a 432 OPS. Like slugging is 182. He's hit nothing but singles. He struggled through spring training, struggled last year. Did the Dodgers send Cody Bellinger down? Like, is is it time for him to be sent down to the minor leagues, Ben? Uh, I don't think. Let's let's we're gonna we're gonna lift the lid on the panic button, but we're gonna just hover our hand over there. Yet, I don't think it's time to send him down yet. I think that we want to look at it. I think that you have to definitely consider it after last year. However, it's one weekend. Let's give it a month. Let's see what he does in the month of April. Sometimes guys start cold. You know, I mean, he's new. He's young still. Like, if he struggles through April, sure, send him down for a month or two. See if he can figure something out down there against lower-level pitching, get some confidence back, whatever it is. But let's give him the month. I think that the Dodgers owe him that for what he's brought for the Dodgers organization. And I think that you'd give him an opportunity to fix it at least for a month and then see what happens. I'm, I mean, I'm sound on, I I'm with Ben. I think they need to, he needs to get into a rhythm of some sort and maybe being sent down is the way for that to happen. I struggle with it because Cody Bellinger is a great defensive outfielder. Cody Bellinger, when he does get on base is very good on the base pass. He stole a base today that set off their first run being scored, stole two bases, sorry, stole second and then stole third. And so he's got that ability. He can run. He can do those things. But he's struggling with the bat. And if he can't get you on base, if he can't knock runs in, if he can't do the things that you came to know Cody Bellinger for, then maybe he needs to go down for a little bit, get in a rhythm, so he can come back up and actually be successful and do something for you. Yeah. The last two years, he really came came through in the playoffs. You can see his star potential. Like, he still has – there's still something there. I don't know, but the more that they try to fix his swing, the more broken it gets. And I don't know why going into the 2020 season, he changed his stance and, and did all these different things. He's changed his stance again. And the more they, they try to mess with it to try to fix these holes in his swing, I think it's all mental at this point. And he's, they're trying to do too many things. He just needs to just, forget about what's going on and go out there and hit. But I don't know. I think sending him down might be the best thing. Try to see if we can recoup anything out of the season, get him into some sort of rhythm. The Dodgers have the depth. Why not take a chance there? So moving into, we're going to talk a little bit baseball fashion here. So Chris Paddock, he was pitched for the Padres um, since his rookie season for the last few years, got traded to the Twins. And the opening news conference was asked about the uniforms. He was like, yeah, I feel a lot better in these. I don't look like a UPS driver anymore. They're kind of bagging on the old Padres uniforms there with the yellow and brown. Sound on, Riley, on the Padres brown and yellow. Yellow and brown, flush it down. Like, get rid of that disgusting crap. It looks so bad out there. They look like total garbage. Like, I don't know. I, I can't. I'm not a Padres fan. I just, I'm not a fan 
of some of the things that they do. I can't stand Manny Machado. So maybe that's like weighing in on this, but I just think they're so ugly. I'm asking you about the uniforms, not the players on the team. That's what I'm saying is maybe that's weighing on my, on my opinions because I just see him in those uniforms, but they are ugly uniforms. Get that out of here. Like anything that's yellow and brown put together should be flushed down the toilet, including those uniforms. Um, I'm sound on for the uniforms. I love the Padres uniforms. I mean, you go with those white uniforms with the brown pinstripes and you got the hat and a little yellow accent. I mean, they look amazing. Sound back to the bad news bears. I mean, I got a softball team, slow pitch softball. That's the color of our unis. They look like the Padres home unis. They're amazing. You look like a bunch of they turds running around. We're wearing white. We got a little bit of brown. We got a yellow. Nobody's out there like it. You look amazing. It's great. The color schemes are amazing. You can look snappy. There's so many things you can do with that color scheme to look sharp, crisp. The colors are offsetting. They work beautifully together. It's amazing. Sound on. I think the Padres might have the best home unis. The best home unis with those white pinstripe brown the Padres uniform I mean it's like whoa 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 is that is that oh it's the bad news bears they're coming oh no it's just Padres it's all good love it oh it's UPS delivering a package I mean I'm you know University of Wyoming with the brown and yellow doesn't look good but we do come from some Davis darts here. So like they got the Brown and yellow going on. Your mom's not going to be very happy with you, Riley. If you're trying to flush down all the Brown and yellow going on here, we, you know, I'm all for it. I think they look great. Throw them back to the eighties. Ben, you're saying the, the home whites. I actually love the grays with the pinstripe. Nobody else has grays with a pinstripe grays with a Brown pinstripe. It's so off the wall. It's so ugly. It's great. You know, like That's it's one great. of those things. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm all Give for me some it. Tony Gwynn old school brown hats with the yellow front. Oh yeah. Give it, oh, to yeah. Me. Give it all. Love it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Sticking with baseball fashion. We're, we're, we're getting a little into the uniforms here because we're early on in the season, but we're sticking this. I know last year MLB introduced the city connect uniforms. I saw the Washington ones over the weekend with the cherry blossoms. Those look pretty sweet. They look hot. So yeah. throw it out there, Ben. I know like the Red Sox had the probably the boldest that were out there. So sound on, sound off on City Connect uniforms in Major League Baseball. Sound on. Give me some City Connect unis all day. I really want to pay the money and I haven't forced got myself to do it to get me one of those bright yellow with the baby blue Boston marathon colored Boston Red Sox unis with the baby blue hat. I mean, it looks like almost like the UCLA Bruins coming out for a minute. And then you got, first of all, like Danny said, the Washington nationals with those sweet gray ones with the rose blossoms on there not rose blossoms uh, cherry blossoms and then you got miami who always have amazing colors and uniforms and theirs are great you got the cubs with you know uh 
the it's Wrigleyville on the front of the uniform. You got the Giants ones. I mean, I know you guys are Giants haters, but let's throw it out to the Giants with this orange thing and this big orange G on the front of there. Those look amazing. The, let's do something. The, fun the fog and coming off the bay. I, I do oh. like the fog coming off the bay on the Giants. Man, that one it's looks pretty amazing. Sweet. I mean, let's what's not to love, you know? I mean, Think about all the kids committing to Oregon all those years ago with all their different unis. Let's do something fun, baseball, and get these young kids involved. Sound on all day, loud as it gets, turn it up to 10. I'm I'm sound on for most of them. I think they look great. I agree with Ben. The Boston units are great. Those new Washington ones are sweet. I think that the Dodgers were a hit and miss. I'm sorry. I'm not a huge fan. Like I love the Los Dodgers. But I do not like the blue pants with those. Those are horrific. They look stupid. So I've I've struggled with that one. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't like looking like slow pitch softball teams out there. But I like the blue. But most of them are pretty sweet. I mean, they are they're killing it. The south side with the with the white socks is a cool one. I love that one. Like, but they they black pants. If you're talking slow pitch softball, I don't like plus, the black pants either. That's a struggle for me. Let's too. have some no, fun. I'm Dude, gonna get there, awesome. but, Who cares? Grow uh, up. It it is fun. I enjoy it. I think they're doing good. Um, and who I said think that, that pants have to be white or gray. Like, who I, wrote that in stone? Baseball. After players, a double day is signed in. We're not playing softball. Back in get out of here. Nobody cares. Little is played by way more a ton of people. Let's bring those people in. They're fun. They're exciting. Let's do something different for a while. I, I, I enjoy them, and I think it's great that we have something different. I love seeing Boston go out in theirs. I think it's cool. And I think they're – I think the Dodgers didn't get fun enough, though. Like, the blue pants was the crazy part about theirs. I wanted to see something a little more out there than just low Stoyers, and it looks just like their blue – their other blue uniforms. Like, I wanted to see a little more from them. So, I'm sound on for the uniforms. I think the Dodgers swung and miss. Yeah, the graffiti on the sleeves was kind of cool, but it, it's so black, like the black on the dark blue, you couldn't even tell. I know with the Dodgers, they have they have the best uniform, like the, the home whites for the Dodgers are probably the best uniforms in all of baseball. They didn't want to get too far away from that, but I think that they could have been more creative. This is a lot better than some of the other stuff that they that they had done though. Like when they tried to do the fan weekend, we're like, we're gonna go all weekend. black and all white, or the players weekend, or were they, you know, some of those were just terrible. This is a lot more fun. They're playing to the city that they that they're in. I think that makes it a lot a lot better and like adds a little bit of character to the game. The NBA's been doing this with the city edition uniforms that I think have been really cool as well, where they get away from some of the traditional logos and traditional colors of the team and add something new. And plus like it helps the teams make money. They sell more merch, right? Like different uniforms to be able to sell. So I'm all for it. I think it's fun. So as we're thinking about this though, then best uniforms in baseball. All right. Like if you took one team and their uniform lineup, which team would you pick and why? All right, Riley, you can go first. I, I'm, I mean, just to be a homer, I'm like you said, the Dodgers home uniforms, I think are just the classic never changing best uniforms in baseball. 
And so as far as their home uniforms go, I love them. I think it stood the test of time. They've been the same for years and years and years, and they don't need to change it. They don't have to be like the Diamondbacks and get gimmicky every two years and make other whole new color changes and all this other crazy stuff because they're an irrelevant team and they have to try to get gimmicky to stay relevant. I'm not into that. Like the, the D backs have had the worst uniforms of all time. Like that's forever. Their uniforms suck. And so they don't have to try to get gimmicky. Like let's stick to the classics. I, I respect the Yankees for that. They stick to their uniforms. They're the classics. Um, you know, you know, it's, I, um, I just like to see teams like be able to sit in something and let it stand the test of time. Cause that's what baseball does. Baseball stands the test of time. Well, not everyone can be the Dodgers and the Yankees with the uniforms though. I mean, you can, you only have a couple teams that can do that. Everybody else has to kind of mix it up a little bit, I think. All right, Ben, what are you saying? What's which team would you say has the best uniform combo out there? This is going to hurt a little bit and maybe it's just a nod more to like the 70s because i'm gonna go with like full all-time great uniforms right that's what the question is right so we're gonna go 70s all-time great uniforms and do it all and i think i gotta go with the houston astros you know i gotta go with you know in the in 2000 in the 2000s they were very on point they got the astros and whatever else is very on point for the time their uniforms now are trendy they got great colors with the orange and the blue and the yellow they got great colors and then we fling it back to the 70s it's like it's like sweet, yeah orange Ryan uniforms where it looks like they're wearing fire with a star in there with the orange and the yellow and the stripy thing and the whatever else is going on i mean come on we got i think that i might have to those 70s Astro Unis might be my all-time favorite other than those, uh, you know, the We Are Family Pirates from 78 where they had those sweet hats with the yellow stripes and they look like a train conductor hat or Dude, whatever. Those, those, those pirates, great. those pirates uh, uniforms are sick. I just yeah. want, those are and, cool. and if I had to pick one that's not even alive or around anymore, that probably would have been my favorite, would have been the Montreal Expos. If we can go back and get some Montreal Expos love and get those powder blue unis that the Mon- Expos wore with the M on the cap that nobody knew it was even an M until they were no longer a baseball team, I had no idea. I was today years old, not quite, but almost. You know, I mean, let's go with the Montreal Expos. That might be best, but they're not even a team anymore, so I kind of have to let them go, but by default, then I'm I'm going to go with the Astros. Yeah, I, I don't, the the Astros in the '90s and 2000s, though that red and black, it like was kind of boring. I, that was terrible. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah, uh, check out their City Connect uniforms. I think they was it was a real miss. The Space City, the, you don't like them? Nah, oh, too. I it's like them. it's too bland. Like especially with the history that the Astros have with the multi like they made that cool. You know the gradient there. I don't know. I just think they could have done a little more there. I, so I'm going like right now, current lineup of uniforms that are being used. Me, I'm all about the Phillies. Like if you look at what they've, they've got the cream whites that I think look great as, um, as a home uniform, right? Then they've got, you've got the regular white with the pinstripes and the red classic look, you know, you, you got the gray, the gray roads, whatever, but then they've got the maroon and powder blue road unis as the alternate. Bringing the 80s maroon back, I, I think just 
adds another touch. Anytime you can bring a powder blue in, bring in the powder blue. I want all the powder blues that you can do. Give me powder They're, blue. The Chargers. So good. I don't really care who it is. Give me powder blues. Powder blue all day long. And I think the Phillies puts it over the top. The Cardinals are a close second with the bat, with the Cardinals hanging on it. Classic logo. I think they've they've made it look really great. So, yeah, Riley, yes, like Dodgers, but I'm, I'm not I'm, Dodgers. I'm not the a powder, powder blue. blue fan. I'm I can't get behind the powder blue, especially when it's the full body like that, like the legs and the shirt, and it's too much. I can't. Maybe the top. Don't do the full body. You're you got to do the full body. The Rays no. with their powder it's too blues. Much. Even the Rays it's powder blues much. that they wear. You know? Give the me the Seattle, the Seattle Mariners back in the day with their powder blues. I mean, it, yeah. you can't go wrong with powder blue. You can. The Marlins, when they go powder blue, come on, give it to me. Give it all day. Give it all. Give me all the powder blues. Yep. All right. Well, since we figured out fashion for baseball. Did um, we know? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Well, uh, Riley... I don't know. Holding out on the powder blue is still, it's a little disappointing. It's just, which I can't get behind. Riley's, it, Riley, so I was the old man in, in a couple segments ago. Riley's, Riley's now the old, Riley's the old man. Oh, I only, if they haven't worn the uniform since 1927, it's just not cool. Okay. It has to be the exact same as when Babe Ruth came out and wore this uniform and he put a baseball glove in his back pocket when he went out to bat. Come on, get out of here. Riley's upset. Oh, they don't have collars on the, on the jerseys anymore. Right, he still wants <laughs> collars and little, I'm, yeah, yeah. A little, I'm yeah, just exactly. saying. It gets too gimmicky. Why do they have numbers not, on those jerseys? I'm not about the gimmicks, Why are their pants man? so tight? They need to be get, baggy. Put them up at the get, knees. Get, get them some knickers. Get those stuff, guys some man. knickers. Hey, knickers are back. You don't know that. <laughs> knickers are back. My college team had knickers that we had to wear with our cream uniforms. Get out of here. Hey, you know what's coming back? Stirrups. Like the high stirrups. With like, the knickers. Are. That's what I'm saying. High stirrups with knickers. That's what they're doing. Yeah. High stirrups with the stripes. Yeah, it's coming back. All right. Just to close us out, we're this was fun. Having talking a little bit of baseball, talking a little bit of uniforms. We'll try to bring in some more consequential topics next week, maybe. Or maybe not. Probably not. This is what fans talk about, isn't it? The yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. This is what fans this is talk for the about. fans by the fans. Yeah. So to close us out though. Just this is a total fan topic. Dabo Sweeney this week was asked the state of college football, and he says it needs to be blown up completely. I'm all for this. Let's blow it up. So if you blew up college football and you were able to recreate it, like you're president of whatever college football is, what does it look like for you? All right. What's your ideal scenario? This is college football. All right, go, Ben. Okay, so this is not that hard. My best friend and I from high school named Ross Pittman, we drew up and fixed college football 20 years ago, but nobody wanted to listen to us. It's real simple. You create four or five conferences and you include everybody. And then you do conference champions, get into a playoff system and you get maybe 
three guys in the wild card that have the best record other than that. We do it in every other sport. I don't know why this is so complicated, except for money and greedy and, and people that have the power don't want to give up their power. It's not complicated. Whether you make 16 team divisions or 12 team divisions, and you have one upper echelon of college football, bam. And then you can create something else if you want for these teams that can't compete at that same level. I think that you have to find a way to make a level playing field as money. We've given this, you know, where we can give the, we've now only gone to where we've given them as much power as the best teams had. We've given them infinitely more power by the ability to pay players, to give them sponsorships, to give them money for reasons that they're going to only go to those power conferences. We've just made it worse. It's so are you just, keeping, are you keeping the bowls? No, we don't need no bowls. Get out of here with the bowl games. We don't need bowl games. You want bowl games and you want consolation prizes? Go over there where guys that just want to play for fun do it over in this other league. Let's get some winners and some champions. We don't need bowl games. There are bowl games in any other sport, at any other level, in any other sport that there is on mankind. It's real simple. Winners play. We don't need no bowl games. Get out of here. so are you saying college football like just becomes a separate entity from the conferences the way that it is right now? It's like, would you just keep all the other college sports the same with the conferences and college football is just like a standalone product? Absolutely. College football is a standalone product in itself. Without college football, outside of places like Kentucky or Kansas, half of these programs don't have enough money to continue the way they're doing anyways. College football is the one that's bringing in money for every program outside of Duke, UNC, Kentucky, and Kansas and Yukon. Outside of that, it's college football and it's only college football. Boise state doesn't have half of its programs without their college football team with the level they're at college football is its own thing. It's also, it's also not hard to have your football team play in a different conference from your other teams. My alma mater, North Dakota State, our football team played in a different conference than the rest of our teams. We were all in the Summit League. They were in a different league. It's not hard. I'm kind of with Ben. Let's totally take, like, however many teams you make it, you take the top whatever teams in football. This can change year to year, in my opinion. Um, take a, yeah, take like a book. Take a book from soccer. That's what I was yeah. about to say. Take a book from soccer. If you're not performing well, you get sent down. If you're performing the best at that lower level, you get sent back up and you get put into one of these conferences based on your region. And we let's do a full playoff like every other sport does. Let's make it so that we have more organization to it. And it's not just who's the in crowd. Like football is high school right now. It's like if you're the in crowd, you get to go in the limo to prom. But otherwise, Go out there on your crappy little bicycle and ride on in. We need to change to where everyone can work their way in. And if you're not performing, you go down. If you're performing, you go up. Like whatever that has to be so that we can start seeing to where, like I, I'm with Ben, get rid of the bowl games. They're a waste of time. Who watches those lower level bowl games anyways? You go on the TV, there's I do. like hardly anybody's watching it. There's 15 people at the game. You know, it's boring nobody wants to watch two teams that went eight and seven in play in a bowl game come yeah. on you guys you know you like mac football mac versus no sunbelt so uh, create some bigger conferences and you know conference champions top teams in those conferences go into the playoff yeah i think ideally you would have some sort of relegation system i don't see that ever happening because there's no way that 
you have like Michigan or Texas or Ohio State that are going to agree to something where they might potentially be moved down. And you also have these lower echelon teams that are raking in all of this money from college football, like Kansas and Vanderbilt that never compete, but they're getting all of So they should be getting the, sent down. They should be, but there's no way that those, but the, the institutions and the way, the way that they're set up are not going to let that happen. I, I think it should happen. My, my ideal scenario is what you would do. The, Football, outside, like you keep FCS the way it is, right? But then you have two tiers or two divisions, 128 teams, 64 in each one. And you just split it into four different regions, 16 teams in each, right? And then you just do, you can do a eight-team playoff or whatever you want to do with that, where you take the top two teams from each conference or division, right? And then... They go to the playoff. The bottom four teams are relegated and the top four teams from the lower division move up. I think that would be ideal. I think it'd be awesome. It would make it a lot more interesting. If you're going to do this though, you need to have a commissioner of college football and you need to have, it needs to be centrally organized and you have them create the schedules, right? No more of this Alabama goes and schedules three cupcakes at home for their non-conference. You know, all these SEC teams that don't play anybody outside of the SEC and then talk about how great they are. You need to have somebody at the top that is creating the schedule just like you do in the NFL. College football has become essentially pro sports. And so you can't let each school create their own schedule and then – but there's too much variation within there. I think that's going to allow players to, it's going to broaden the competition, create a little bit more parity. It's not going to be quite so regional and you have the opportunity for more teams to be able to compete. I will just say, I know you guys are coming at this from a place as like Boise state fans and these, this little team that never gets the recognition that it deserves to get to the top. I see that as a, as a BYU fan as well. But after having lived in Austin, gone to UT, and having gone to some SEC football games, it's different. Like, it is a different world there. And there, there, you want to keep a little bit of that. You, you want to be able to keep some of that. Like, LSU football, it just means more. Like, Tennessee football, it means more. Alabama football, Texas football, these big schools – it's just, it's different. It means more. There's a lot more money in that. And you don't want to lose that. Right. Here's, a, here's a question. Let's not pretend that, that we're, you know, the NCAA here doing this great academic achievement by college football. The NCAA is making money hand over fist. The colleges are making money hand over fist and they don't want to give up that power. Granted, the fans are, it's different. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't think that Boise State, as much as I love them, they might struggle in this sort of thing. They're going to be a perennial middle of the conference type team at best in this scenario. That's where they're at. Maybe they have a great year here and there. But other than that, like that's where it's at. But that's fun because you gave them a chance. How fun is it? I mean, 
sure, Alabama can sit and play on rookie level on Madden and run for 500 yards a game and throw for 700 yards a game and tear everybody up and win games 102 to 7. But how fun is that after a while? Let's do something fun and give us some competition. I'm tired of seeing the same teams over and over, whether it's competitive, whether it's good for Alabama fans or not or whatever else. What's best for the game is not playing the game on rookie level. It's let's move up to the next level and see what happens. Here's, here's my other question is does college football need to be regional anymore? Like these teams, like you said, are making money hand over fist. Why is it that we have to have the sec, the Southeastern conference? Let's split those guys up. If it's that intense and those teams are that good, split them up into different conferences. It doesn't need to be regional. When and I get that's a money thing and you get more fans, but people travel to games for college football. People will travel across the country. People will do crazy things for college football. Like let's make it less regional and start splitting some of that up so that then it can't be, well, it's just the sec. Well, how would you feel about Duke and UNC not playing each other in basketball anymore? And I get that. And you can leave some rivalries, but. We, yeah, but that could be up know. to coach, you know, I mean, just like you said, the NCAA is going to make the schedule. You're going to have Alabama Auburn. You know, I think, I mean, no you, matter you, what. yeah, you yeah. still want there to be regions. I think you still want there to be regions. You, you'd want to put it there. The West, there's not as many schools. So that's, you're going to have to mess around with that a little bit, but yeah, I, we're moving in a certain direction. It's going to be interesting to see how it goes, especially with Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. We're going to have to get to a place where something's got to happen because that's just that's not sustainable. So anyway, we'll talk more about that as the summer comes along and as we get a little bit closer, because I'd also like to talk to you guys about playoff expansion for college football, see where we are, but we'll save that topic for another day. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed the the show. Comment, leave us a note, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Facebook. Let us know what what you think. You send us an email, soundthehornpodcast at gmail.com. I don't think I've gotten an email yet there. So, hey, but we did see see a new fan on Facebook. Thank you to Katie Shoemaker for piping up and and giving us some comments. We love to see that. Let's see more people hop in and, and comment on some stuff. That's awesome. Hey, if you know me, just shoot me a text and I'll still hold you out. I don't care. That's right. We'll do whatever. Yep. We appreciate y'all listening and coming to the show. And thank, thanks for coming on in. Let us know how, what you think. We appreciate you. Have a good see week. See you guys next week. We out. <laughs>